Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is Twitter Tuesday. That's right, your questions and uh, answers to the questions and we have uh, not a whole lot this week we have a few that were sent in via twitter we have a few that came in via email some of the email questions coming in after uh, I had recorded last week's show so uh, uh, as I try to do every week when I get twitter Tuesday questions in I try to get them all in at some point even if it means I have to wait a week but anyway happy to get those in for you and um we'll jump right in and uh kick it off with an email question that came from don s who um let me see it looks like there's a few questions here so we'll take one at a time um he writes i believe kevin zeitler is a solid guard but is overpaid i believe he will he will make $12 million. Why did the Giants have to choose between keeping him at that salary or cutting him? Uh, if Zeitler understands the market and realizes that as a free agent he won't get a $12 million offer, can't the Giants and Zeitler make a new deal that keeps him on the team for less money? Okay, Don, I have um, Zeitler's numbers in front of me, courtesy of SpotRack. For some reason, over the cap isn't working as, as I you know record this, but Zeitler is due um, to count $14.5 million against the 2021 cap. That includes a $12 million base salary, P5, um, and a $2.5 million signing bonus. So the Giants, I guess, could go to him and say, hey, listen, you know, we need you to, to, to take a pay cut. But Zeitler was kind of their most consistent and best offensive lineman last year. So I don't know how well that might be received or, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like asking your best employee to, to take a pay cut. Um, the reason why you would contemplate cutting Zeitler now is because, you know, you'll get, you'll only have 2,000, 2.5 million hit your dead money, uh, pot now what they could do if they wanted to is they can maybe convert some of that 12 million into uh, a signing bonus which would add on to you know his prorated bonus but it's one way to potentially lower that cap number if they want to keep them so that is another option that they could take with him and one that quite honestly I, I wouldn't be shocked if they did that to be honest with you um, like I said, Zeitler was their most consistent offensive lineman. And, you know, is he the same guy he was a couple of years ago? No, he's not. But, you know, I, I know I went back and forth with him. I initially had him in my cuts, but I can I could see merit in keeping the guy, um, you know, maybe reworking that contract a little bit. Okay, um, let's see if you. All right. So you mentioned you disagree that the Giants should keep Evan Ingram for another year, then part ways, and you say that it makes no sense. Yeah, I think it does make sense. And, and here's what you're forgetting, uh, Don. Ingram is in the option year of his contract. So if he doesn't turn it around or if he gets injured again, um, you can say sayonara after this you know, 
coming year coming up, and he's not on your books for any dirt, uh, dead money. So you know, you you mentioned that he he lacks confidence and stuff, and how you know how can that be corrected? Um, look, you know the guy worked hard last off season. I know that for a fact, and for some reason it didn't transfer into you know production this year. So. I I just don't know that he's right now. I I don't think know that he's in the long term plans. I think the Giants are going to probably look to draft another tight end. That maybe they lo- will look to replace him. But um, you know we'll see. Obviously, if he turns if Evan Ingram turns it around and has a legitimate Pro Bowl year, then then maybe he gets that second contract. But right now, um, my early. Based on who I've spoken with, the early indications are is he probably will not get that second contract. Okay, continuing with your email, you said too often you have seen the Giants just plain ignore their needs going into a season. And if you don't draft to fill a need, then you need a free agent. Um, in the, okay, in past seasons, they have ignored their O-line uh, times, their linebackers and receivers. All right, Don, I, I say this all the time and I'm going to say it again here. What you and I perceive as their needs, sometimes the Giants see things a little bit differently. So, you know, I agree with you. I was kind of surprised last year that they didn't dip into the wide receiver pool, but they apparently decided to place more of a premium on getting linebackers in here, on building that offensive line and building up the back end of the defense all of which was a problem for the team. So, you know, you look at how how the Giants built le- the uh, defense last year. Basically, what they tried to do is c- kind of cover for the fact that they don't have a stud pass rusher. So they beefed up the back end of the defense um, so that those guys hopefully hold their, you know, their coverage a little bit longer than usual and give the front end of the defense some more of an opportunity. So... I, bottom line, Don, is I don't think they're necessarily ignoring their needs. Um, as you said, that they're trying to marry value with a need. And look, you're not, you're not going to fill every single need in one offseason. It just doesn't happen. Uh, this team has a lot of needs, and I think they're a lot closer than they were this time last year. But this is a big offseason for Dave Gettleman, no question. Absolutely no question. All right, I think that's the end of your email. I'm just going through it real quick. Uh, Okay, so then the rest is is just some commentary, which I did read. So thank you for that. Uh, Well thought out points. So yeah, that, that, um, that addresses your email. So thank you, Don, for sending that in. All right, uh, next up is Sean Kearney who sent a couple questions in. Let's see. We'll do the, All right. So the first question is, I hear a lot of other fans about nabbing top-tier free agents every offseason, but I'm starting to wonder if this year our best course of action is to make sure we resign both Tomlinson and Williams and then focus on restocking where we can in the draft. I agree with you, actually, uh, Sean. I would like to see the Giants find a way to keep Tomlinson and Williams. And spoiler alert, I'm, I'm working on a proposed mock contract for Dalvin Tomlinson. And I was talking with a, um, an agent today and I, 
ran a scenario because I had this idea came to me. Um, you know, I was I was doing something, and then I you know I was thinking about how can the Giants possibly keep Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson and use you know resources to get themselves a, a solid receiver. And I had numbers that were, you know, suggested to me on how it could work. And I had this idea and I'm going to, you know, I still need to put it together. Um, I've just, unfortunately, I've been sidetracked because I've had meetings and stuff that I've had to do. So I haven't had a chance to really write it and put it all on paper, but that is coming. And you'll find that on Giants Country when when that's ready. I'll I'll put a tweet out when I have that ready. Um, I don't know necessarily if it's a deal that Dalvin Tomlinson will take, but it is a it, it was an interesting idea. And uh, I looked at some of the me- mechanisms behind it, and I think it could work. But whether or not he accepts it, that's another story. So um, that will be out on Giants Country at some point this week. All right, um, your next question, I don't think this will happen, but hypothetically, if all four of the top passing, pass-catching options, Pitts, Waddle, Smith, and Chase were unavailable, or were, were available, excuse me, to draft, which would you select? Oh, that's a tough one. I would say, I would probably go with Pitts, because, you know, tight ends, you know, Pitts is a t- he's a playmaker, and I think he's pretty close to what maybe people thought Evan Ingram could be in this offense. So I would go with with Pitts, and you know, wide receiver is such a deep class that if I wanted to add another receiver, I would probably look to do so in a later round of the draft. So yeah, that would that would be my scenario. But uh, you know, whether or not that'll happen, like I said, I don't think all four of them will be there at number eleven, but. Uh, I, I would think at least one of them will be, and it'll be interesting to see if the Giants go in that direction or if they go in a different direction. All right, Giant fans, you are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. This is a Twitter Tuesday. We'll be right back after these messages with more of your questions. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your sportsbook expert. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Traina, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. It is a Twitter Tuesday here with Patricia Trey, and I'm happy to have you along. And uh, not a whole lot of questions today. 
but uh, some good ones nonetheless. And uh, February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are doing a Twitter Tuesday here on the Locked On Giants podcast. Let's go back to the email bag. And uh, this one comes from Charlie Hanlon. Probably no relationship to Pat, I would think. Um, So Charlie writes, Most everything I read predicts the Giants will prioritize signing Leonard Williams over Dalvin Tomlinson if they can't afford both. Please comment on this hypothetical. Williams is estimated to get $20 million per year, Tomlinson $12 million, Nagaku to get $13 million. Given Tomlinson very positively contributed to Williams's sack this year, and it's questionable how good Williams will be without Tomlinson, how about we sign Tomlinson and let Williams go? Um... Put the $8 million savings towards signing Nagaku. All right, a uh, lot to unpack there. Um, he, Charlie, from what I remember of the work we did last year on Nagaku, uh, there was some question as to whether how, how effective he was against the run. So there's also the matter of the draft assets that were invested in Leonard Williams. So if you're letting him go, you're basically you, you basically just threw away a third and a fifth round pick. I don't see the Giants doing that, if I'm being honest with you, Charlie. I, I just don't. It doesn't make sense. Um, and, you know, Nagaku, this, this is a guy, why was he traded midway through? You know, I, I, I have questions about that. If he was a stud pass rusher and run defender, why was he moved? So my feeling is, the yes, the Giants will prioritize, I think, uh, Leonard Williams because he really came on strong for him. But, you know, let's also give him some credit here. You know, you write that, the you know, he had the success he had because William, um, Tomlinson was doing the dirty work. Not all of that is true. I mean, parts of it, yes, but... You know, you got to give Leonard some credit, too, I think. So, you know, is there a way to bring them both back? I think there could be. I don't know how realistic it is. You know, as I mentioned in the last segment, I'm working on a contract, a proposed contract for Dalvin Tomlinson. And what I'm going to do once I have that article all put together and, you know, is I'm going to explain why I think, you know, with the one that I proposed for Williams, maybe it, it it's possible for the two of them to be back. Now, you know, I know a lot of you are like, well, when's the article coming out? When's it coming out? Bear with me, folks, because these these mock salary cap deals, they do take a while because, you know, I'm looking at numbers, I'm shifting stuff around, I'm trying to make sure that you know, the research lines up with the market. So it's not something that I could just sit down at the keyboard, bang it out, and 15 minutes later, I've got an article I can throw up on the website. I want to try and present as realistic of a possibility as I can. 
and I want to try to approach it from a salary capologist as much as I can. And, you know, it may not be realistic, like I said, but that's the approach I'm taking. And that's why it takes a little longer to develop these. So do bear with me. I will have that out. Um, my goal is to have that out at this, at some point this week. So, uh, thanks for that question, Charlie. Appreciate it. All right. Let's see. I think, um, we have another question here. Yes. Let's see what we've got here. Yes. Okay. This is another email from John Hilsenrath. I actually, I, I, I think I answered this email on Giants Country in the mailbag, but I'm also going to put it here on the podcast because I know some, some of you don't list, don't read Giants Country. And by the way, I wish you would because, you know, I do put a lot of stuff up there. And if you like the podcasts, I think you would like some of the stuff I have on Giants Country. So, but anyway, in the event John doesn't uh, read Giants Country, um, he writes, the Giants are going to need a swing tackle and are going to owe Nate Solder at least $6.5 million, no matter what. If he's game, is it possible to sign him to a restructured deal for around $6.5 million and heavy with incentives? All right, John, the problem with that is incentives do count against the cap. Unless they are designated as not likely to be earned, they do count against the cap money. And I'm not sure what incentives you can basically give an offensive lineman other than, you know, playtime snaps maybe or, you know – whether or not he's active or something like that. It's not like, you know, you can, you could put in there, oh, if you score three touchdowns, you'll, you'll get, you know, a $10 million bonus. You know, there, there's a thing called likely to be earned and not likely to be earned incentives. There's two different things, actually. Um, not likely to be earned usually are, are things like being voted to the Pro Bowl. They're, they're postseason honors that, may be earned, but are not likely to be earned. And if they are earned, usually they get counted into the following year's cap. Whereas likely to be earned stuff, for example, playtime percentage, that counts against the current cap number. But if the player doesn't reach that incentive, it gets credited back to the following year. All right. So the answer with Nate Solder, and I've outlined this on Giants Country, is if he's contemplating retirement, l- agree to lower your base salary to the veteran minimum, which I think is 1.09 million, I think, something like that, or 1.075, I forget which, but it's it's really low. Free up some of that money, about 8.8 million for the Giants to spend now. And then if they decide to move on from him, you know, that they'll, they'll designate him a post-June 1st transaction and lessen the hit on the dead money this year. Now, here's the other thing. The other thing that's real important with Nate Solder. As of this recording, it has not yet been decided, at least I don't think it has, if the NFL is planning to allow players to opt out again. Well, if the, if the Giants, um, I'm sorry, if the NFL does allow for players to opt out like they did last year, and Nate Solder is thinking of retiring, what they could do is, you know, they could say to him, look, we'll pay you the $300,000 or whatever the stipend was for, for a high-risk opt-out. If you're thinking about retiring, just kind of keep it quiet 
until next year because I believe his his prorated signing bonus will hit this year's cap, but not the um, not the full salary. So by doing that, you actually are kind of getting the same, I guess, the same effect as you would if you were, you know, if he played out this year. So that that's another way I think that they can they can get away with, um, you know, ripping off the bandage, so to speak. All right, folks, you are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trena on a Twitter Tuesday. When we come back, we're going to get to the Twitter questions, so stay with us. With the ever-increasing number of auto makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for the counterperson to order the parts on a computer, usually choosing the brands that the store happens to prefer. Instead, take your search for your auto parts to rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all your auto parts and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you on a Twitter Tuesday. Happy to have you with me, as always. And NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move made around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are doing a Twitter Tuesday, and we spent the first two segments really going through our email questions, but now we're going to turn to uh, Twitter to see what's out there. And, you know, again, not a lot of uh, Twitter questions this week, but still, we're going to get to them. All right, let's kick this one off with R.C. Aldi, uh, R. Caldi, 1908 who asks, will Micah Parsons fall with rumors of off-field issues and would Dave Gettleman jump considering Andre Baker history? All right. The first part of your question, I don't think he's going to fall very far, maybe to the middle part of the first round. Um, From what I've read, the 
issues and accusations that were levied against him that he was accused of were allegedly not big deals. They were, I, I think I read a report, I forget, I think it was Penn Live was where I read it, that the issues were allegedly hazing and not anything more serious. So I don't think that's going to hurt Micah Parsons's draft stock. With DeAndre Baker, um, the comparison there, I, I kind of see what, where you're going with that, but you got to remember, um, I don't see Dave Gettleman trading up in the first round because he just doesn't have the assets to do that. He traded up to get DeAndre Baker, and you know, I'll say it. I'll say it for what it's worth, and I know people are going to call me a Gettleman apologist, but there really wasn't anything in Baker's scouting report other than questions about his work ethic that, you know, raised a red flag. And I've said this before, that the Giants have drafted players before who came in with questionable work ethics and who basically straightened themselves out. There was a very, um, I, I won't tell you who the person is, but I remember years ago, the Giants had a, a really high draft pick and the, the person came in and he had a reputation as basically being a slug, somebody who was lazy, who didn't have a very good work ethic. And the hope was when they brought him in was that, you know, he would go in the locker room he would learn from the veterans around him what it took to be a pro and that he would mature and grow into a reliable and consistent performer. And you know what, folks? He did. He was very successful in his Giants career. And I think that was the hope for DeAndre Baker. Now, unfortunately, from what I remember with DeAndre Baker, um, the veterans did try to help him, but initially Baker kind of thought he had all the answers that's a lot different you know that that's that's a maturity issue that's not quite I think what we're talking about here with um character and well I guess it's part of character you know guys do eventually mature most of the time so I I don't know that it's an apples to apples comparison if I'm being honest so I I, I don't think you know Parsons is that's any off-field issues that he may or may not have had I I don't think that's going to affect his draft stock and I do think that the Giants if they have a choice there they're going to probably go with the offensive playmaker for what it's worth all right next question comes from one fishy scientist who's a regular uh to Twitter Tuesday um do you see them bringing back a free agent, bring, I'm sorry, do you see them bringing in a free agent cornerback to play opposite of Bradbury, or do you think they need to draft a, a cornerback too? I'm thinking draft to start grooming the position. I'm wondering if maybe they go with uh, Julian Love at the spot. You know, Love didn't play that badly at the end of last year. I don't think they're going to sign to Big Bucks a premium cornerback. I think they would go draft, if anything, if Love turns out not to be the answer. But, you know, I, I kind of would like to see more of Julian Love and, and, and see if maybe he can hold the fort for, for the time being. So that's that's how I think it's gonna it's going to un, unfold for them. 
Okay. Um, and I think this next one here might be the last question. Yeah, this is the last one for this week. Comes from Moltensen Tron 81, Joey Z, who writes, um, let's see, he writes, I know the offseason will be similar to last year, but do you foresee any preseason games being played? We saw what happened last year with the injuries throughout the league. With no ramp-up period, even one game would be helpful. You know, Joey, I'm not sure, and I'll tell you why. Because if the NFL gets 17 games, which I, I believe they're really, you know, they're really pushing for, I can almost sit here and guarantee you that you will not see four preseason games. At the minimum, you would see three. Now, here's the other thing. It does look like the offseason is going to be virtual again. And if that is the case, my guess is, is the union and is going to want a ramp-up period. They're going to want, you know, to gradually bring guys back into the fold and get used to football and hitting. To that end, my guess is there probably won't be preseason games. If there, if they do have any, it would just be one. But I, I get the impression that the league just doesn't want to be bothered with it. And I, when I say the league, I, let me correct myself. I mean the NFLPA. The league obviously would like them because they can, you know, they're revenue generators. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing. What are the TV contracts going to say? You know, right now, I think the league and the, the television networks are, are negotiating on new contracts. So what if the networks say, hey, we want to have X number of preseason games guaranteed as part of our package? So that kind of presents a little bit of an interesting dilemma. So, you know, I think at this point, it's hard to say that, yes, there will be preseason games or no, there won't be. I can say that I'm pretty sure we have seen the last of the four preseason games slate, especially if, as I said before, the 17-game regular season goes into effect. And, um, you know, we, we just kind of have to see. Like, I do know um, right now there are tentative plans for the Hall of Fame game to be played. So you would think, you would think that, you know, if that game goes off as scheduled, that every other team would get at least one preseason game, which would be my guess. Um, you know, it, the co for the coaches, obviously, the more preseason games they can get, the better, because it allows them to evaluate guys. But I, I just don't think, um, if I had to take a guess, I would say maybe we see two preseason, preseason games total would be my guess. You know, but... A lot still to be worked out between the league and the TV networks and then the league and the players union. So we'll find out, won't we? All right, Giant fans, that will do it for today's episode of Locked on Giants, today's Twitter Tuesday episode. Thank you, everybody who submitted questions. And don't forget, if you want to submit questions to uh, the weekly mailbag, you can do so by tagging me, Ask P Train. And my Twitter handle is at Patricia underscore Traina. You can email me at uh, Podcast at gmail.com. And always happy to hear from you guys and gals. Uh, appreciate you. And we'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode of Locked on Giants. Have a great one.